Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of Crossing Swords. As always, I'm Andrew. And what? You expect me to talk? I've been expecting you, Mr Hayes. And I've been expecting you, Mr Skip. I yeah. expect you to make an excellent pod about one particular character. The name's Bond. James Bond. That's right. Today, guys, we're talking about James Bond. The films, uh, just to be clear. Yeah, yeah the films. Uh, obviously, with the Nobody upcoming, got time for reading, son? Well, well, as of time of recording, it's already out for release. Uh, the last Daniel Craig outing is James Bond, and it's called uh, Another Day to Die. No time to die. No but time close. to die. So, so close. <laughs> There's a lot of Bond films, Jake. I, I, can, I, I mean, I've got a list. Yeah, so... Uh, we just thought it was a good opportunity to go over the films with the release. You know, just sort of see if we can get some viewership off of the popularity of milk the current that, release. Milk that bad boy like nobody's watching. Yeah. Well, like everybody's watching, hopefully. And as everyone knows, me and Jake like to have a... Tra- uh, well, it seems to be a growing tradition in this podcast of we'll discuss what we want to discuss and how we want to discuss it, and then we come at it from two completely different ways. Our pod and is sort of... Results. It's sort of like... The technical in Bake Off, so it's like it's we've to set it up. So it's like same ingredients, same yeah. equipment, and yet somehow we both come up with completely, completely different dishes. Different, yeah, <coughs> well, um, I don't think we're that far off today. No, 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 obviously not. Considering we have both focused on James Bond, I decided. Oh, how to, good would that be? Um, what are we doing an episode of James Bond? I'm like, oh, James Bond. <laughs> oh, I thought we were doing world snooker champion Nigel Bond. Well, it could have. This been. is going to be a different episode. Yeah, well, I don't think there's enough to talk about with Nigel Bond. I don't want to disparage. I don't his think he's won anything either. Oh, to be honest. Uh, so uh, enough delay. Uh, I decided to limit it to Daniel Craig and his movies, and Jake decided to go off script and go. No, I'm just doing all of yeah, them. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because unlike you, when we do an episode or something, I've watched the things. I've read all the right, things. Look, look, look. I've watched the things. To be honest, my parents were never massive Bond fans. Um, I got to see the Piers Brosnan ones growing up, but obviously everything before that was before I was born, pretty much. And so I've not really. So was the war. Have you ever heard of that? I have, but I would imagine the like, death of millions of people across the world is more say impactful though, than it is Bond like, films back It then. is like my favourite quiz show cliche is when you go, oh, that's a bit before my time, that Bradley. And you're like, well, so was King Henry VIII, but I presume you've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, but you're that's like, because you know, the man decided you know, to indoctrinate Hitler? us as children into talking about Henry VIII rather than about the oppression of our people. Just, yeah, I'm just saying it's like, it's a yeah, favourite trope. Yeah, I'm just trope. saying this is a modern patriarchy trying to keep the man down, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 no, you, you, fight, the, you fight the power. <laughs> do you know what? I just said words. I didn't believe anything coming out of my mouth. I, know, but I didn't call you on it, I, I backed you. Oh no, but I felt like it sort of towards oh, the situation. It's absolutely fraudulent. Um, Much like this episode. Absolutely. Um, and I sort of lost where I was, to be honest with you. I, I don't think it matters. Trying to defend I don't myself. think it ever matters on this part. Um, so yeah, so basically, I've only seen the Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig films, whereas Jake has seen all of the Bond films, apart oh, from the new several one. Several times. Unless he's no, not the new one yet. And at time of recording, I'm planning to go see the new one this coming weekend. I would have seen it. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, I didn't want an invite anyway. Well, to be honest with you, mate, it's just me and my partner and you two go for dates on your own. So I take her out on my own. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like twice we've been on a date. Like uh, Two more times than anyone else has been out on a like, date. What do we get to, like, what do we get to, like, third base? And it's not even that big a deal. <laughs> oh, it was just the tip. <laughs> it was, honestly, we didn't kiss. Um, so awkwardness aside, um, how do it's you awkwardness, start I enjoy it, right. Um, <laughs> well, 
<laughs> do you know what? It's the straight look on his face as he's delivering it. It's almost convincing. Well, do you want to start? What do you want to start with films? <laughs> yeah, because I, mean, I can go through. I'll go through from top to bottom. You're, you're ranking all. Of them. I ranked all of them. Right, go it got quite. First, it got quite difficult. But I'll, I'll tell you this: <clears throat> I didn't mention Casino Royale, the 1967 version, the David Niven version, <laughs> and I didn't mention. I didn't do Never Say Never Again, both of which are non-Eon productions. Eon being the production that company was that when makes. Sean Connery fucked off. Sean with a Connery company, came back. He yeah, he d- yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I know all that. <clears throat> so I'm not doing that. So number 24. For your eyes only, hugely forget. Oh, also not doing No Time to Die. No shit, I'm not going to rank a film I haven't seen. I'm not big. I'm not going to come to this podcast and tell you about a film well, I've never watched. Frankly, that's not what I've done. I've not written about any film other than the ones I know. But, um, yeah, for your eyes only, and I'll tell you what's the bottom, hugely forgettable. When I look back at all of these, like there's like something memorable from each of them, roughly the plot, the villain. For your eyes only, nothing. I had to Google the shit out of it. Was that the George Lazenby one? No, that's a Roger Moore one. Okay. Hugely forgettable. Number 23, View to a Kill. Again, not that great. Christopher Walken as the villain. Not good. Grace Jones in it. She was fine in there. Christopher Walken. Mr. Bond. <laughs> Mr. Bond. So nice to see you. Yeah, um, yeah not Walken. good. 22, Die Another Day. <clears throat> Let's face it, it was not a good uh, film. Is that Brosnan? That's Brosnan's last outing where Madonna did the soundtrack. <laughs> Um, Halle Berry oh, no, 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 and the guy Halle who Berry's in it. He, you know need, he's, not, no. he's North Korean and then he has an explosion to his face and then he's white and it's like Bond yeah, gets worth a lot of silly Halle shit Berry, but bro. like bro I'm Halle not going Berry, for that oh yeah like I wouldn't I'd never say it to her face if I was on a date with her I'd never be like yeah die another day not your strongest work bro hat woman let's talk about it <laughs> no I'm <clears> sorry <throat> no anything with Halle Berry is worth a watch in my opinion number 21 this could be controversial to a lot of people listening, and I really believe this. Live and Let Die. Okay. It's a really popular one, but That's I the Paul think... the and the Wings one, isn't it? Yeah, and this will come... We'll come into this the later wings? when we rank the, the, the Bonds. Wings? Yeah, Paul McCartney and Wings. Oh, thank you. Um, and we'll come back to this when we get into the ranking of the actual Bonds. But for me, um, I, I don't mind Bond being a bit silly in camp, but Roger Moore's era really went way too far in that direction for me. Well, I, so you'll notice as a I said, theme I haven't seen through the films. These. I remember from my childhood seeing bits of the Roger Moore ones before Piers Brosnan. And I remember them, see, they were a bit like the Batman, Batman films were back then. It was very like <coughs> pow and pachow. <laughs> yeah, hugely. Very it camp, was, very yeah, silly. Yeah, and, I, and it didn't interest me at all. Um, above that from Russia with Love, again, you'd kind of, it was the second film we hadn't really fully established the whole Bond franchise at that point. Above that, Octopussy, yeah, you know, not all that much to it. Diamonds are forever above that. I've got, I mean, the two American guys were just weird. I mean, I've got a weird memory of them on the boat at the end, but they're just weird. I don't I mean, get it. what I would say, I think it's not uncommon for the second film for a new Bond to not be so strong. No, that's fair. Um, so, yeah. Uh, number... 17 again this is could be controversial specter okay um to i just fair, was quite underwhelmed it's it's for me probably the second worst craig one fair and um, i know what your other's worst then yeah yeah but um, um so yeah no, just, not just not that's low. i just found it quite underwhelming i went into it they were doing a lot and I, there was a lot of potential I just it never really played off for me in the way that it could have. Um, above that, the world is not enough. Um, Robert Carlyle, brilliant and whatever, and you know the return of Robbie Coltrane. It's a great, it's a good, it's a fun film, but it's not a good film. Like let's be, let's throw that out there. I enjoy it fondly because I grew up with it. It's not a good film. 
Um, again, the Pierce Brosnan one were not great films, but we'll get no, into that. We'll get fair, into the that. Pierce Brosnan ones weren't fantastic. Um, so above the world isn't enough. I've got Thunderbolt. <coughs> then moving above that, the man with the golden gun. You know, Christopher Lee and uh, God, what's the guy? That, uh, Nick Nat. You know, lots of fun there, right? Um, yeah. Quantum of Solace above that. I think it is wow. underrated. Wow, you put that above Spectre. I think it is underrated in the franchise, and I do think it's got a lot of good moments going for it. And I think the fact that it came after Casino Royale probably is why it's. I'll tell you what it is. It came after because it's sandwiched between Casino Royale and Skyfall. It kind of gets lost in that both of those were very, very high on the list, and we'll come to those. And it kind of gets buried for that. But I actually don't think it's that bad a film. And when I look at the ones below it, I think it's no, worth its I place. It's, I think it's over-criticised, but I think to say it's better than Spectre, which I just think um, overall the film is better. Moonraker, number 12. Um, it's not very Bondy. Um, I like space, though. And equally, did also, did you know that they weren't actually going to do Moonraker, which came out in 1979, so the one before that was Spy Who Loved Me, 1977. Yeah. Um, the reason they did it was because of the success of Star Wars in 1977. And they okay, felt they needed so they to match that, so they wanted to do a space thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they wanted to take it in space. Um, above that, The Living Daylights. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Dalton era Bond, uh, and that's not the strongest of them, but it's, it's still a good, strong outing, just missing out on the top ten. <coughs> um, number ten, cracking the, cracking the top ten, You Only Live Twice. A little racist against the Japanese, I won't lie. It, does, it, <laughs> it doesn't hold up for a film that was made in the, in the middle of the 60s. It feels like it was made in the middle of the sixties, yeah, yeah. um, but it's still I still enjoy it. And number nine, Doctor New, Doctor New, Doctor No, very hard okay. to do the first one, but I think it did justice and it obviously kicked off the whole franchise. Yeah, above that, Tomorrow Never Dies, I have a quite soft spot for it. Um, that's uh, one of the Brosnan. Ones, that's one right? of the Brosnan yeah, ones. Yeah, that's one of my favorite um, ones. Above that, The Spy Who Loved Me. I love Walter, and I have this really, really, really vivid memory of being off from school and watching that with like a Robinson's fruit shoot. Um, and just watching this, you know, watching the fight in Egypt with him and Jaws. And yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was really nice. Like, I just remember it fondly. Above the Spy You Love Me, number six, Skyfall. Okay. Um, very personal account, but very action-packed. Lots of throwbacks to the first couple of films. And obviously you have them, you know, a moment that I'm sure will come up. You know, Judy Dench out, Ray Fiennes in. She yeah. went out. She got a great swan song. And Ray Fiennes yeah, was brilliant coming in. Well. You know, I think. I they did it very well. Um. Then you've got On Her Majesty's Secret Service, cracking the number five. That was the George Lazenby one. Okay. I think it was an absolutely fantastic story. But I do think that it was unfortunate that he didn't get the greatest actor and technically he wasn't even an actor when he got the well, role. No, he, he wasn't. Was a, he, he frauded his way into it, didn't he? But it, it's it's still a great story. And so for that, it is up there. Number four, Goldeneye. I really like Goldeneye. Um, yeah. There's something about it. It was it was the first out in a Brosnan, and as you said, it was it was our he was our Bond. Yeah, it was, was, it was a good hang. I really with, uh, I really liked it. Really fun, you know. And you've got the whole obviously Sean Bean. Yeah, a man who dies twice. Yeah, can't go wrong. There's not a film that bloke doesn't die in. Um, and you've got Alan. Um, what's his name? Uh, the the the. the is playing the um the, the Russian guy, you know, with the with the pen and with the you know, he's oh like the technical guy. Anyway. And her, she's fit as well. <laughs> oh, I can't reduce all the women to just I'm not I'm not making a bond film. I can't just sick. I can't just reduce all the women to bodies. You're becoming more right wing, bro. I don't like it. Number three, Goldfinger. Come on, you expect me to put that any lower on the uh, on the list, you know? Please. I can't judge it. It's Goldfinger. So it's I'm it's a classic. Word for Goldfinger it. was the first one that really set off Bond as it is. Yeah. So Goldfinger introduced the um the villain with a quirk, you know, the um odd job. Okay. So it introduced the car, it introduced the gadgets, all these things that the first two were kind of like spy movies 
thriller spy movies and then this one came in and it was like it was a bit more bond and it kind of really set the stage so from there on out it was like okay we've got to have a cool car and we've got to have a okay so it gave us a lot of the classic sort of tropes that like gadget and stuff bond. like that yeah uh, number two license to kill really personal bond story um sort of not too dissimilar to the top one in the it, my number one in that it's quite dark it's quite gritty and dalton i realized that i'm really a big fan of those yeah. eras and then number well, one, I think he's I very think much spoke about as if he was before his time in terms of a mm. bond. Yeah, definitely. And I think number one, I think we've probably got the same number one, but um, Casino Royale. I think it was just when I saw it, it was like, holy shit, that's everything Bond should be. And it f- and it felt and could like be. they got everything right in it, from the casting to the cinematography to the, the to the realism edited, of the action, uh, even the theme <laughs> tunes banging. You know, it was just it was well polished, and it was. And like, we'll get into the moments um, later, but you know that opening, my and, god, and that it's something opening. we can talk about because I feel like it shows for me that they had a plan, and it was executed to perfection. Whereas I know for a fact, having watched a couple of documentaries recently. They didn't have that in some of the other films, which is hence why they weren't necessarily as good. Well, this um, is the first Bond as well that's had an arc. Yeah. From from film one to film five, whatever it is. Yeah, he's been on a journey. There is none of the others have an arc. They could be completely separate from each other. Yeah. I mean, um, we can even speculate as to how we might think it will, um, how it will end. Um, and who we think could be. That's something we didn't discuss beforehand. Who could be who? Who are choices maybe for the next Bond? Yeah, um, you know who my outside shot is. Has been for a few years. Is it Killian Murphy? Fuck that guy. No, oh, right. don't, not fuck that guy. I like Killian Murphy. No, it's Fassbender. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Fassbender. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I f- oh, do you know what? If he was younger, I would say Idris Elba. Genuinely, I think he. Could yeah, I go for it, but I agree. Um, I think he's, he's a bit a, too old now. I would say otherwise. I wouldn't mind a return, uh, maybe to a bit more of a Brosnan-y Bond, and go for um, someone like Henry Cavill. Yeah, I, I think he could do rough as well. But I, tell you, I think it I would tell have to think be uh, the person who's who's could do it depending on the film, is someone like Tom Hiddleston. Because when you see him in The Night Manager... It's difficult, what's all? He's very, very good, but it depends on the film. Can he bulk up, though? Because like, the yeah, thing I is, I know for a fact, when he uh, went, when he for got Thor. four, he went four yeah. to be four. Um, and I feel like they probably had the same fear we're having right now as to whether he can physically Well, the same thing you're having. I don't think he needs to look like a fucking demigod. Um, he just needs no, to no, be I'm in good shape. he needs to look like a demigod, but like Daniel Craig... Looks like you wouldn't fuck with him. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Tom Hiddleston, I feel like, you know, he's got a very punchable face, Tom Hiddleston. And I really like him. He's very polite. Yeah, but I don't know whether he carries that off. But when you watch him in The Night Manager, I think it's... I've heard that a lot and I don't need... That's one of the things on my list. It's well Um, worth. It is well worth a watch. But yeah. um, So those are my my ranking of the bombs. I did think... Some controversy, I think. I think that's... I mean, I can't speak to some of them as obviously I haven't. Can't speak to most of them. There's like like two (laughs) thirds of the list you can't speak to. No, I know. Um, But no, I think you've been fairly fair in there. Well, I've sort of... Like I said, I've tried to give like a little reason, little one-line reason as to why each one is where it is. That's fair. Um, Please... Right, so as I said, I only ranked the Daniel Craig film, so I didn't even include uh, the Brosnan ones. Uh, and I put at number four, Quantum of Solace. Out of the I, four I figured that would be up there, down there for you. <laughs> I just, I mean, and like you said, I don't think it's necessarily a bad film. 
But it's, it like, I said, like it, it suffers direction. Like it, there was an issue with the story. Well, like or, I said, I definitely think it suffers from being sandwiched between two such highly acclaimed Bond films. Yeah. Um, but it was, I think, definitely compared to... That would to be like me standing between you and David Beckham and wondering why everyone <laughs> thinks I'm hideous. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not necessarily no, hideous, this, but, you um, know... But I just think in terms of when you compare it to what had come before in terms of just with Casino Royale, mm. it wasn't as polished a movie. It didn't feel... It It, it felt like and what, what the reality like was that multiple people had to make a run at it. And it well, it falls short of the um, the standard set by the first one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and by its own standard. Yeah, so I then put number three as Spectre, which I know we disagree in the ranking of those two. Um, no, but we both agree it's a weaker film. Definitely. As I said I just I was really un- like underwhelmed. Yeah, there's the best not word a lot for to it. say about it. Like when I was thinking of my favourite moments, there's not a single one from that movie because it was just far. Like when I was trying to think of that film, all I could remember was there was a f- like a meteor and uh, I remember loads of it. I just not fondly. The only bit, no, tell a lie, there was one moment from it that I remembered that I liked, which was the the creepy scene where he stood in the crowd of them and he goes, hello, James, um, in the middle of the meeting. Um, but I then put at number two, Sky I'll tell you, no, can I just say quickly, um, yeah. from Spectre, there's a moment that I, uh, oh no, no, it's Skyfall. Uh, Skyfall anyway, never mind. Right, well, speaking of Skyfall, that's, that's at my For number sure. two spot. Um, I just think that film is fantastic um, in all sorts of ways. I love Javier Bardem. Um, oh, it is Spectre I'm thinking of. Oh, it is. All right. It's the moment. It's the moment where because um, you've got Andrew Scott playing C taking over the yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. and it's when Ray finds just goes. I guess we know what C stands for, don't we? <laughs> I didn't even remember that. Uh, I love fair, that line. So. I love that um, line because it's he's found his bullets in the drawer, or he's yeah, found his yeah. gun in the drawer, and he's emptied the bullets. And he's like, and he's, I think he says, he says something else. He's like, you know, uh, in can contact or whatever he says. Yeah. It doesn't matter, but yeah, I just I love that line. Like, I guess we know what C That's stands for. It's a great line, and it's, it's like line. for an adult audience, you're like, yeah, I know, but the kids wouldn't know. No, anyway, sorry, Skyfall. No, that's fine. So yeah, Skyfall. Um, I love Javier, Javier Bardem in it. Um, it's that scene for me when he comes out of the elevator and you have the long walk from the back of the room whilst he's doing a monologue about rats eating, eating each other and then the really funny, awkward They have a great scene, yeah. Where he's touching him up and he's like, um, like you're trying to remember your training um, and says something about it being his first time and he just goes, who says this is my first time? And he just goes, oh, Mr. Bond. Um, and I just find that scene hilarious. Um, and I just think it's a great film overall and as you said earlier... Um, the Dench gets a good farewell. Yeah, and I like I like when Bond comes back and he sort of goes to Dench and he's like, well, thanks for the fucking obituary. <laughs> Bond dies or whatever. And she's like, you couldn't think of more. And she's like, what the fuck do you want, man? Yeah. <laughs> you weren't even dead. Thoroughly dismissive. Like, you have nothing to be upset about. Yeah, like, get over yourself. Yeah. And like, then, I love their relationship was really shown in that. Oh, absolutely. And they played it very, very well. Yeah. And one thing I liked about that film was... Um, it brought some of the past to bond into it by, as you said, making references to the past films in yeah. terms of like, oh, we don't go in for that for anymore when in regards to talking oh, about ben like gadgets and everything. He's and a I, great cue, by the I way. Thought, when they yeah. introduced him, I was a, like really unsure, but he was phenomenal. I, I, I can't wait to see him in the new it, one. made it a very easy transition. It was a very... Because I'll tell you now, sort of big shout Desmond Llewellyn. 
played Q, the original Q, was, was great. Wasn't and it John Cleese? Well, no, this is the thing. So Desmond Lennon played Q, John Cleese played R, who was like bid as his replacement. Oh, okay. I and thought, always and thought the thing he was is, Q. I always remember the scene where he comes into it. John, I think he might be Q in like The World Is Not Enough, but in Tomorrow Never Dies, I think it is, he comes into it. Oh, okay. or It might be The World Is Not Enough, he comes into it. Anyway, and he says, and sort of Desmond Llewellyn and... Pierce Brosnan had this great on-screen chemistry where yeah. Bond's a bit banterful and Q knows that and he's like, yeah, 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 you know, I'll match you with the banter and yeah, whatever. Yeah. And R, he's R in that film and he comes into it and he's like trapped his coat in the dormitory from like fucking hours, like Roger Moore all over again, just going like over the top <laughs> silly comedy. Yeah. And I think there was, the, the, oh no, I'll get, I'll get onto that later when we rank the Bond. But yeah, it was just, it was really, it was one of those things where it was like, as John Cleese's character, take him or leave him. But Desmond Llewellyn, take 100 percent take yeah. so when they brought in ben wishaw it was like those are big shoes to fill and he filled and he did his own take on it very good yeah i think it was fantastic um so then i would say at number one i have put same as you casino royale i just think from as i said same start reasons to finish, i think isn't it it was we both films. it was what bond could be yeah i think um it was when i watched it because like when you grow up watching the pierce brosnan ones they're very well, <laughs> I know the Daniel Craig ones are extreme in, in areas, but like those sort of bonds were like ridiculous extreme and you had the most wacky shit going on. Like I remember him having that pad in his hand and he was steering his car around the park. We'll get onto that because I love that. And all of that I sort love of stuff. That. Um, and it, but it was all sort of fat. You knew it was fantasy when you were watching it. <laughs> um, and then I think I was obviously that bit older when the Daniel Craig ones came out. Yeah, I think um, I was about um, 13, 14 when... when yeah, and I actually dropped. remember being quite annoyed because I liked Piers Brosnan, so I didn't understand why they were getting rid of him. But the point I was trying to make was when I started seeing the Daniel Craig ones, after seeing after seeing Casino Royale, um, as you said, it was just immediately you went, oh, well, that fits. I didn't yeah. know that's what I preferred, but... Now that, I've seen it, yeah, I do, yeah. yeah. Um, so now I thought it was fantastic. And Daniel Craig, you know, got hated on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Blonde hair, blue yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah. He can't be. He can't be Bond. He can't physically, according to the books. I think Dalton is the most Bond esque. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. When everyone was like, he can't be Bond. He can't be Bond. He and then so you watch the film, and it's like, fuck me. He is Bond. Never mind. He can be Bond. He is Bond. Look yeah, at him. He's the most realistic version. But the thing is, I think what that does is it does open Bond up to be sort of anything physically you want him to be. It's about how the characters portrayed because I've. I do wonder if they went back to a more, as I said, cheesy Bond, whether it would be as successful. Well, let's, let's. I mean, if you, unless you've got more to say, let's jump into perhaps ranking our Bonds. Okay, well, I've actually not done a ranking for the Bonds, because as I said, I've only, um, you've only done witnessed two. two so. Well, let me, let me sort of jump, or use it as a jumping point to go into mine then. So I've got number six, Roger Moore. Like I said, it's just too camp and silly for me. They kind of went a little bit camp is okay and good, but they kind of went all the way the other direction. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, it's not for me. Number five, George Lazenby. Man's not an actor. He did no. a fine job, but, you know, man's not an actor and he was famously difficult to get on with. And he had one of the best storylines and just not butchered it, but it was like, but it oh. was wasted on him. Because <clears throat> he came in after Sean Connery as well. You know, you can't think, I imagine if Sean Connery had had that chance at that storyline, yeah. it's like, fuck. But he didn't do a bad job. Number four, Sean Connery, which is going to be controversial, but... Well, no, I think... He easily could be high. He was iconic. It's, it's almost impossible. In every sense of the word, iconic. For something like Bond, which has only got bigger and better as it's gone on, it's almost impossible to expect 
the actor that was in films that were costing probably a fraction of what the modern ones are to achieve the same level of performance as what Daniel Craig can on a... Well, I, just, I just think, as I like, uh, just to be clear, Sean Connery could easily be higher because he is so good in it and he's so suave and he's I got mean, that he thing. he's a good actor as well. He's got, a very, he's got a very suave, charismatic thing, whereas, and I'll compare him to Daniel Craig when I get to Daniel Craig, but number three, Timothy Dalton. I said very close to the books, um, very close to what he is in the books. Um, he was very good on screen as the um, as Bond and he had what really benefited from him. He did two films, they were both strong films. I think like he really yeah. benefited from having great, <coughs> great storylines. They so he weren't successful, were they? Well, this is the, f- but I think, Critically, he didn't have, for me, he didn't have a bad film. No. Like, as a Living Daylights was, like, decent. Yeah. But but um, License to Kill was phenomenal, and the f- he didn't have a bad film. So that really works in his favour compared to number two, Pierce Brosnan. He's my Bond. Yeah. He was great as Bond, and I'm not just saying that because he's my Bond, but he was really let down by his films. He was a great Bond yeah, yeah, in I've, bang I average films. He could have probably got away with doing a rougher portrayal of Bond. If he, if, he was, if he was playing one of the screenplays from um, the, the Craig era, yeah. obviously it would have played, it would have come different on screen because he is a different but actor, but he would have been fine it. in it. He would yeah, have been great yeah, in it, I, and he would, would have really benefited from I that. I would agree with that. But he yeah. just had, he was just let down massively by the films that he was in. Well, it was what the studio wanted to do <clears> at the time, wasn't and it? And then number one, Daniel Craig, like I said, I think the thing that I love about him that he plays, when he plays it is, all the all the, the, the charm and the thing, he plays a man who's got his walls up high yeah. and have been up for a long time and he plays it like he hates the fact that he's wardrobe high, but he accepts that's the way it is. Yeah. That's the way it's got to be for me to do what I do. And what I do is the only thing I know how to do. Yeah. It's all I can do. So the walls have got to stay high. Yeah. You yeah, see little moments of vulnerability, but they're really yeah. hidden behind walls. Yeah, he and everything he does, times, but everything he does from the charming the women to doing all that, it's all a tool. It's yeah. all a tool to achieve the goal. And he yeah. knows that. No, I agree. And I think one thing I've liked about. Daniel Craig films is if if you watch the first one and then the most recent, he's aged as well, and you yeah. see it on his face. And well, it was a huge part of the storyline in well, in uh, Spectre uh, and Skyfall and as well. Skyfall. Um, and I feel like, and I presume this one by not trying to cover that up, it shows his vulnerability in a different way, doesn't it? Because yeah, like if you go back and watch a Roger Moore one, you know there wasn't a grey hair in that man's head. Do you know what I mean? It was no, though he did age. Um, but, but they he just aged, the character but they never tried aged. to cover yeah. it up. Do you know what I mean? Whereas it, it feels like with the Daniel Craig ones, the more he was physically less able, or at least appeared to be less able, the better that was. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that definitely added a layer to his stories. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd go for that. Um, but yeah, so I, I completely agree. He's by <coughs> far and away. Yeah, I mean, he um, went and more as well. More did it. I mean, Bond, uh, technically, Craig's been. In terms of time span, Craig's been doing it the longest. So the yeah. fact that they played into it, they did. But obviously there was huge gaps between the films, whereas Roger Moore, first one, 1971, last one, 1983. Oh, wow. So okay. technically it was only 12 years, yeah. but they were pumping them out one a year, one, one, one every yeah. other year. Hence why probably the quality of his films weren't as... Yeah, equally there's yeah. that too. Um, right, I mean, I don't know what else you want to discuss. I've got, I've got three things, um, I've got three sort of like lists... I've done, um, I picked three of my favourite moments. And the way I did sure. that and I told Jake was literally, I just picked the first three that came to my head because in my head that was like, those are the shower ones scene. that stand out. No, not no. the shower scene, guitar. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad shout, the one with um, 
Vespa when she... Oh, when she's crying in the shower yeah, and, and he comes and joins her. And apparently that was improvised or, he, or Daniel Craig changed it. Um, she <laughs> no, was, what I like is something like not even improvised. <clears throat> One day she was she just cried on the set. <laughs> and they were like, roll the cameras, no, no, roll the cameras. Well, no, um, by improvised, um, and it, it was slightly in a sense, but um, Daniel Craig changed it on the day. Yeah. Um, she was meant to be in like her underwear or something in the shower, in the same position. I bet uh, never carried the and same he weight. He was meant to get undressed, go in the shower, and give her a sympathetic crotch to cry on. But it carries much more weight emotionally. Yeah, and so Daniel Craig suggested, "Well, how about we stay fully clothed?" Um, and apparently, even the finger thing was improvised when he put oh, her right. fingers yeah, in his yeah, mouth. Yes, I thought you were um, going a different route. <laughs> Dirty bastard. Um, so, uh, no, that wasn't one of my moments, but that's not a bad shout. Uh, I put my first one was the parkour scene. Oh, the in, opening uh, sequence in Madagascar. <laughs> no, no, it, it's... I don't know what you're laughing. What? That's what it is. What? The opening sequence in, in that's in Madagascar that's in Casino Royale. Is it? Yeah. What, <coughs> Again, well done for watching the film. What, like, in terms really of well copying done. it? The parkour scene. Yeah. Oh, you mean in the place... <laughs> Do you think the film with Chris Rock's lion and David Schwimmer's giraffe? No, I thought you were talking like they copied it or something. <laughs> no, I meant it's set in the country Madagascar. Yes, yeah. It's, it's one of the, It's honestly, it's the single strongest openers from any film, let alone the Bond. <laughs> Sorry, folks, there. I'm dying. Uh, Jake can pad for a second. <coughs> I have a sip of water. Yeah, I mean, if you want to picture Chris Rock, r- you know, running through the through a Genuinely. construction site while David Schwimmer scrambles behind him, do <laughs> do <laughs> Ben Stiller? Do you know what? It was the seriousness oh, in your face when Chris you looked at me and went, "Is it Madagascar?" <laughs> and I was like. I know, and you started laughing, and I was like, now, now I know. I, I was like, why are you laughing? You were saying that, like, Madagascar had done a copy version at the start of the film. Yeah, I'm with you now. No, that's not what I was saying at all. It's, yeah, it's the strongest opener for just yeah, about yeah. any film, let alone Bond. It's phenomenal. <laughs> Jesus. And there's, you know, the great bit where the guy's jumps up and like flips through the gap at the top of the wall and Daniel Craig just fucking Smashes runs through, through it. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And then he's like, fuck this, and he gets in the bulldozer. And, and he ends up just fucking blowing everyone to shit. Eye um, in the embassy, that's a great, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I just think that's just a solid, as you said, the best opening sequence. Yeah, it's a great sequence. Um, my second one and was... And, and also, just from the start as well, when he's with the rookie and he's like, what? What? And he's like, stop touching your fucking ear. Oh, he yeah, doesn't yeah, swear, yeah. but he's like, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I completely sorry. agree. Uh, at number two, I put the interrogation in Casino Royale when... Um, He's straight naked, yeah, yeah, and the whole um, whacking him with the rope on his balls. <laughs> and he's like, I've got world. an itch down yeah. there, would you I'm mind? I'm going to tell the world you died scratching my balls. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, so, yeah, that's my second favourite. Yep. Uh, and then the third was the moment I mentioned earlier, was, which was the silver long walk and talk in yeah. Skyfall. No, that's fair. And I, <clears throat> I sort of said to, said to you when, we, when you did that, I was like, I can't pick, I sat down to try and pick a moment and I was like, I can't. And because the way my, like, the, the, I don't mean this to be bragging, but because the way that my memory works, yeah, I can, I can pretty much walk you through most of these films scene by scene. Oh, wow. Fair enough. Um, Cause I just remember shit. That's how I, you know, I don't, I don't know the rules, but that's how it works. 
So I'm like trying to pick a memory and I'm like, it fucking could be anything. I mean, honestly, yeah. the list could be so fucking long. Yeah, it could be. So I didn't do that. I kind of abstained from that. That's fair. But there were some great, um, great... And then I just added some memorable moments. Also, I th- oh, I think one of the most... We've got to mention moments. You've got to mention the most iconic moment in Bond history. And we sort of referenced it at the start. Tied to the table. Laser between his legs. Do you expect oh, me to talk? copied so no, many Mr. Bond. times. I expect you to die. To die yeah. it's, a, it's hugely iconic. You can't yeah. not mention it, I think. Yeah, or it's been uh, imitated so many times <clears throat> since. Yeah. So, uh, no, definitely. It's definitely up there. Yeah, uh, sorry, any, Ed, what else have you got? Uh, I put M's death. I thought the way they did it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I then put a new cue in terms of just that scene. In the I museum. love the way they handled it um, in terms of like just James being completely befuddled that this teenager was... Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm waiting for the quartermaster. He's like, yeah. I am the quartermaster. He's like, you must be joking. And he gets yeah, up to like, the... You've still he's got like, spots. Uh, then I put the shave scene in Skyfall. Okay, yeah, fair I enough. I just thought it was... I remember watching it in the cinema and thinking, oh, shit, she's going to cut his throat, like, genuinely. Well, she had to practice on balloons. Yeah, I know, I've seen that yeah. on... Um, Graham Norton. Graham Norton. <laughs> uh, I then put the opening scene from Spec to the Day of the Dead. Yeah. I just thought that was a very well-done <coughs> sequence and I had even more respect for it when I found out... Daniel Craig did that with one of his legs basically completely destroyed. I think most um, of the opening sequence from Bond generally they're pretty strong. I mean, yeah, they're done very. You well. know, when we were introduced to Pierce Brosnan and he does the bungee jump off the dam, yeah, yeah. You know, and then he pops up in the thing. He's like, "Got a light and all that." And like, it's just a great, <laughs> you know, straight away. We know, and then he, you know, he knocks him out. and He's like, "Smoking's bad for your health and all that." And you're like, "Okay, <laughs> great. Well, we've got a, we've got a whippy, a quippy Bond. Yeah, you yeah. introduced straight away to him. I know definitely Daniel Craig's had his moments with the <clears> quippiness, but I don't think that's what his one relies on as much, is it? No, God no. But uh, the thing I like about about Craig, yeah, again, that really kind of sells me to him is. When he does the quips, he's really doing them for himself. Oh, you yeah. You really yeah, get yeah. the sense that he's amused by his own quips. Yeah, yeah. Even if with, the other person thinks he's just a dick. Whereas with some of the other ones, you feel like they're doing a quip because they've got to say something in that moment or whatever. With Craig, like, I'm doing it for me. Yeah. Fuck you guys, I saw a chance and I took it. And <laughs> uh, obviously another mention, uh, moment I mentioned earlier, which was the Blofeld, hello James moment in the meeting. Um, those were just the ones I picked, sort of, as I said, the first ones that came to my head. Yeah, Sorry. fair, fair. Um, I know. I, let me ask you this because I've got, like I said, I've got two more, three more yeah. lists. Let me ask you this: Do you buy into the theory that James Bond is a an alias that's given along with 007? So the name and all oh, the backstory okay, and yeah, stuff. So, so the whole this character, James Bond, who grew up in this way and did that, that's not real. That's all part of the 007 thing. Um, I've, I, I personally say no do you like it as a theory i think it's a good idea um, to support the the different ultimately in terms of continuity it would make sense for us as the viewer but in terms of if you thought about the fact he works in the intelligence world they would know i would no, but we've met another there's another guy i know the worst this is is another one of the things that i really love about casino royale is that in these films you're like, oh, you know, world's best spy, literally introduces himself everywhere he goes. Yeah, and yeah. then in Casino Royale, they address that. Yeah, yeah. So when he goes when he goes to check in uh, and he's like, my name's Bond, James Bond, and they're like, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, look, he already knows who I am, okay? And he's letting me play. 
Yeah, and I, <coughs> I just think um, it it doesn't make sense in the world James Bond lives in. But I sort of feel like they addressed it in Skyfall by giving us more of a backstory to <coughs> James Bond. Yeah, it kind of kills the, um, um, so the theory. I, I, I just feel, wanted to float I it. just feel like they exist in completely different... Each Bond in a different... Think of it a bit like Spider-Man, yeah, I guess. I in I a, just, in I a, just, just a different to, version of it. Just wanted to float it out there. No, I think that's completely fair. I think... Um, they sort of had to clarify it with the Craig films because he's such a different Bond to the other Bonds. You sort of feel like you need an explanation as to why he's messed up and damaged. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get equally, I think anyone in that game, in the films. Well, I, th- I think that's correct in the Craig films because of the way they portray it. But yeah. I don't think it's ever a heavy thing in any of the other films. No, saw. only in the Craig verse. Yeah, that killing had any toll on Bond whatsoever. It was very much a <laughs> they're dead sort of thing. Um, whereas with Craig, especially <coughs> in some of the films, you felt like every death took a toll at times. Um, and I feel like, so it's, I think it's just a completely different thing. Yeah, fair. Um like I said, I've got three more lists. If you want yeah. me to pick one of them at random, well, you can pick. You can pick one. Oh, no, you go for it, mate. You can point at one of them. Themes. Themes. Well, I've done top ten theme songs. Fair enough. And I know you've had a look at the theme songs again. Only the Daniel Craig ones. That's fair. So these are my top ten. Um, I did try and do them all, and then I was like, shit. So many of them are just forgettable. I found up. I tried to YouTube a couple just because I couldn't remember them. Yeah. And I was like, ah, this is this is going to take forever. I'll just do the top ten of the ones that I can remember. I actually had to came up with a list of nine, and I was like. Ten feels like a rounder number. I'll, I'll try and pick I'll one. I'll stick to ten. <laughs> so it feels like you've made <coughs> enough effort for it to count. Um, so number ten, um, Nancy Sinatra, "You Only Live Twice," the theme song to the film with the same name. Yep. And the reason it's on the list is it's sampled by Robbie Williams in Millennium. A Millennium in Millennium. You know that. So that's that's you only live twice. So I feel like that's worthy of a place on the top ten. Yep. Number nine. Uh, Jack White and Alicia Keys, Another Way to Die, Quantum of Solace. How did that even make the I like it. Ten, I like mate. it. I'll tell you. The oh, first time I heard it, I thought this is nothing shit. Nothing against either artist. I like both of them, but no. First time I heard it, I thought it was shit. It is shit. And by the, like, the fourth or fifth time, I was like, I like it. It's grown on me. Yeah, but the thing is, you have no choice because you're going to have to hear it every time you ever watch that film. Well, you can skip it. Oh, yeah, I guess so, but... Sound like a man who never discovered fast forward it. function no, no, on his DVD player you're still or his VHS. Hear at least a tiny bit of it every time, and then you're going to get angry because oh, such a shit song. No, you're going to get angry. I like it. Yeah, I don't know why. I think you forced yourself to <coughs> like it. I think you convinced yourself it's okay. Number eight, I like it. I like it. As I say, made number nine. Uh, number eight, Carly Simon. Nobody does it better. Theme song from the Spy Who Loved Me. Okay. Um, is that nobody does? That's the one. And you is see, that actually a theme song to James Bond? Yeah, and this is the thing. Wow. So this was the first one since Doctor No that didn't take the name of the film, um, and that's because they. Oh well, actually, yeah. There's a couple since then, but Spy Who Loved Me. Nobody does it better, and, and that's exactly it. Because straight away you were able to sing it. And yeah, it's actually yeah. not a bad song. <coughs> yeah, I don't I, mind. I, I like I Carly had, Simon. I'll be honest, out there. I had no idea it was. Uh, did you not? A Bond oh, theme tune. No. And I think it's. I think you're now knowing that. I think you can see it's a place on the list. It's yeah, that's fair. I like it. You said I could call upon it. Uh, number seven, another one again. These the generally the, the, you'll work your way up quite a few, but just because they're recognisable as well, and okay. recognisable because they're good because people sing them. So number seven, Shirley Bassey, Diamonds Are Forever, from the film with the same name. Okay. You know that Diamonds Are Forever. You know yeah. all that shit. So like, I think it's shit. To be that. No, no, like, it's not. It's, it, listen, it didn't crack the top five. Let's throw it out there. It wouldn't have cracked the top ten with me if I'd have known um, it. Number six, 
this could be controversial, but I think it's definitely a place in this. Paul McCartney and Wings Live and Let Die from a movie in the same Decent way. Decent one. Um, Decent good, song. good song. Very recognisable. And when it just gets... Da, 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 yeah, it's a tune. Number five. That's I like Paul McCartney. It seems like a nice bloke. It's it, you. You get when you just look at their solo careers, you kind of realise the beauty of McCartney Lennon is that, and they both can do the other one. You know, yeah. both can do both of it. But generally speaking, John Lennon did did really good lyrics. He was he was a fantastic lyricist. He's he's really. Emotional, political, really in there. You could things like Jealous Guy, Imagine, um, Whereas War Paul is McCartney's Over. A bit more traditional, Paul McCartney is melody. Yeah. Paul McCartney is, he can just write a good catchy pop song. So you put them two together, you know, working class here and that. You put them together and it's like you get the Beatles. A bit like us, mate. You put, as you said, you put us together and you get magic. You do get magic. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, oh, we're not going to get into the Beatles, but you get to someone like George Harrison, who's a great songwriter in his own right, yeah. tucked away because of it. But um, number five, Adele, Skyfall. Skyfall. Um, it's a good solid, tune. Solid. It's um I really like it. Um number four, and this is where it <coughs> really hope you haven't put one of the Craig ones. I think you have a I think it. you I think you I think I have put one of these. If it's the one that can't even be performed live, then I won't be happy. Number four, Chris Cornell, you know my name. Casino Royale. Should be higher. Uh it's a tune. I love it and it fits the bond. It fits the Craig era. Number three, Goldfinger, Shirley Bassey. It's iconic. <coughs> it is iconic. I don't care what you think, what you say. It's absolutely iconic. And again, it kind of... I swear to God, if Sam Smith is higher than this, I'm going to lose Number two, Sam Smith, the writings on the wall from Spectre. Go I really like yourself. that stuff. I really Go like it. Go fuck yourself. I like it. <coughs> no, it's not a bad song. It's just... Above fucking You Know My Name, you're a... Cunt. I love this. We so rarely disagree. Oh, that's made me feel one, violent. Number one, and I will not take anything on this. No one is moving this off the top spot. I will fight you on it. Number one is John Barry, the Bond thing. To be honest, at this, oh, what the doom, 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 Oh yeah, that's doom. fine. I'll concede that. I don't really. But I'm Never mind controversy I'm among the listeners. I'm it's controversy here. I'm shell shocked. To be honest, to hear. Chris Cornell wasn't above Sam Smith. Shell shock. Do you think we should rank the um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle theme songs as well? No. No, we did. We stick with this. Yeah. We stick with this. You've upset me enough already. I know. I can see it in your eyes. It's genuine. Go I feel on YouTube. Hurt. You should go on YouTube and, and look this up because it's. Look at this face. And look at this face. Right. What's, what's your next section you can piss me off with? Or do, if you, do you want to rank your themes? I guess. <laughs> At number four, I put Another Way to Die by Alicia Keys and Jack White. It's a pile of shit. And I like both artists, as I said. And you sound like a man who's genuinely just had the arse ripped out of him. You properly sound defeated. I could just about accept that you were fine with Sam Smith ahead of Adele. but So at number three for me, I put Writings on the Wall by Sam Smith. Again, solid song. It's just not one of the better ones. Number two, I put Skyfall by Adele. And at number one, I put You Know My Name. Chris Cornell. There you go. It, it it fits the new era. It kicks it off well. It does. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll... Apparently not enough. <coughs> I love this. <laughs> the thing is, I know, Jake, he'll genuinely be delighted that he's upset me. I am. 
I am on air, like off air, heartbroken. Hope to see you upset. <laughs> on the pod, in the, reco- in the recording booth, and the podcast, love it. Uh, what's the <coughs> next section? Again, I haven't like gone through all and ranked them for these next two sections, the last two sections. Yeah, I've just done like honourable mentions. Cars, uh, the DB5 from Goldfinger and Skyfall. Uh, I was also in Goldeneye briefly. It's the probably the most iconic Bond car. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I want the one where... Um, and I think it's in No Time Judy to Die. makes the uh, quip about... Or he says to her, doesn't he, if you don't stop, I'll... He sort of flips open the machine. Yeah, eject me then. Yeah, you've got like, the, the shield, the guns, the ejector seat. It's all nice. iconic. Um, and yeah, I think it's in No Time to Die from the trailers. Um, this one, well, I think this could be controversial based on what you've said so far this podcast. The BMW 750 from Tomorrow Never Dies, the little remote control jobby, because um, I loved it. I did. I loved it, but I don't care enough about it to be worried about its position. I just thought it was a cool car with a cool gadget. It is. Um, the Lotus Esprit from Spy Who Loved Me, uh, the submarine car. Uh, you know, the first okay. thing he drives into the water, That's flicks the cool. switch, the thing and it is, turns. it's not real, so I can't. I know it's. <laughs> I remember once, do you remember we went to see uh, Green Hornet in yeah. the cinema with uh, our good friend and friend of the show, Mr. Ash? Um, and like the whole film was just ridiculous. Anyone who's seen it will be able to tell you. And then there was just a bit at the end of the film where like the car uncamouflaged or something, something really basic compared to everything else that happened in the film. And I just went, "Oh fuck off!" And you were <laughs> like, "That's what you object to." <laughs> yeah, I do vaguely recall it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Aston Martin V8 from Living Daylights, the ski car. Okay. Um, again, there's just like a cool, we've covered water, we've covered land, we're covering snow. Um, yeah, no, um, I thought the finger car was quite cool. Which one? The, the yeah, the, the one where it's on the car. Um, and also the car plane from Man with the Golden Gum. I don't remember that one. Well, you've not seen it. No. So I don't imagine no, but you would I have it. seen images of some of the others. Um, um, so they just basically attach like a plane attachment to the roof of this car oh, and then fly takes and off. takes off and that's oh, kind of do. Christopher Lee's as you do. gimmick with knickknack. Um, yeah, and also the other thing about the more ones that I never really liked was when they introduced the um, the sheriff in America. Okay. Like, you know, like, boy, I don't see everything and I know, never seen nothing like that. And whatever, and he's in the car chase with him. He's chasing him in the first one. Yeah. And then he gets in the, and then he comes back for a second film and he's in the car with him and it's like, fuck me. Do you know what? If you come across any roles for old prospector out there. Apply. Apply for it, mate. I think I'm assuming. You had me, you know what I mean. I was for a like, second, you forgot. Mate, you were in the I'm podcast. down a mine. I'm down a mine. We're prospecting for gold. I'm on board. More likely to be in in a river for gold, and that's so pointless. I don't need to say that. <laughs> <coughs> Do you know what? I so wasn't paying attention to you. I missed the fact you were having a dick at me. <laughs> I'm having a dick. It was an educational correction. That's what assholes say. Have you got anything more, by the way? To, to oh, no. That sounded like really attacking. I was like, have you got anything more? You're going to say <laughs> no, shit. No, that's as prepared as I came. And then I've got one more list, which Go is um, honourable gadgets and extras. Um, little Nelly, which is the plane from You Only Live Twice, which is like a little um, do-it-yourself plane. It comes in like a little box. It's almost like an Ikea plane. Nice. Uh, a helicopter, sorry. And then Sean Connery sort of takes it for reconnaissance. Oh, I have seen that, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> The Crocodile Boat Submarine from Octopussy. Octopussy, largely forgettable film. 
Also, do you know, by the way... How did they get away with calling the film Octopus? Well, there's an interesting thing with Octopussy. When John Barry... Because John Barry's had a hand in writing most of the themes up to a certain point. When he sat down to write Octopussy, straight off the bat, he was like, okay, so the theme's not going to have the same name as the movie because there's no way I can write a song called Octopussy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I thought that was a cool one. I've got to remember that. The phone from Tomorrow Never Dies, you know, when he, like, gets the guy to push the button and electrocute himself and he drives his car with it. yeah. Um, any of the watches really, but in particular, I've got the laser watch from Goldeneye. But any cool. of the watches really, they're all quite cool watches. Yeah. Um, and then I've got Odd Jobs hat, Goldfinger. Isn't that the one that slices people's heads off? It's iconic, absolutely iconic. Yeah. And I've got the poison shoe knife from Russia with Love, which is always a cool one. Nice. So she like flicks out and you know flicks her shoe, and a little knife comes out, and it's got like poison on the blade, and oh, just a little scratch, and they're dead. It's just a cool, cool gadget extra. Nice. And that's it. That's all my bond. Well, I think we've... Uh, well, we've certainly stirred the pot. I mean, there's some the shit point. to think about. Uh, so, guys, as always, let us know uh, what you think of what we've said, whether you agree, disagree, whether you think Jake has blasphemed. The pooch. He's blasphemed or not. Um, and as always, guys, you know where to find us. But, Jake, tell them anyway. You can find us at Facebook by searching Crossing Sword. You can find us on YouTube by searching Crossing Swords and the name of the episode. If you can't find the name of the episode, head over to our uh, our Facebook or head over to our Twitter, which is at Swords Crossing, or head over to our Instagram, which is Crossing Swords underscore podcast. That's correct. That's all there. Um, Equally, if you want to talk to us, you can find us on any of those socials or by mail at crossingswords19 at gmail.com. What, what? And that's correct. That's that's all. As always, guys, thank you for listening. Um, We have fun doing this as always, but we would love some ideas from you guys of what you'd like us to cover. Um, Because, like, I keep like getting people that will say to me, "Oh, I was listening to it. I really loved it." Uh, And I go, "Oh, wicked! Is there anything you'd like us to cover?" And they go, "No." (laughs) Well, yeah, sometimes as well, you get people who go, "Oh, I'd love you to do." You know, they listen to an episode and they sort of hear something in it, and they go, "I'd love to do a whole episode on that," but it's like. If you don't write it down and tell us... Then we don't know. I am 100% not going to remember it if you tell me in person. No. So, uh, please, guys, let <coughs> us know what you want from us. We just want yeah. to know. Yeah. Um, and as always... We'll keep going. Like, Until the share. writing's on the wall. I just wanted to provoke one last time. Well, do you know what? At least they all know my name. I was going to say, oh, you took my pun. And on that note, we'll say goodbye. Bye. <laughs>